And then with the dialogue, we just kind of found out over time that, like, what we wanted the podcast to be. Just, like, our visions didn't match up. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. You like Huey Lewis in the news? A date which will live in infamy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Hal, you're a son of a bitch. Hi. The Clift Podcast, welcome to the very, very first episode of whatever this is. We're going to figure it out. Thank you all for watching. I hope you're as excited as I am. Um, it's a extremely hot, 100 and almost 15 degree day in Yakima, Washington. Um, I'm going to be a piece of fried chicken by the time this is, this is over. I picked a horrible time to start a podcast. It is just unbelievably hot here. But, um, hey... I'm not going to let it stop me, you know what I'm saying? Um, before I move on, talk about things that nobody cares about, I uh, I want to thank a couple people who helped in the creation of this thing um, that wouldn't exist without these two people. Jesse, my good friend, blessed me with all of this podcast equipment um, for free because he's such a generous soul. So thank you so much, Jesse, for that. He's also my first and only patron. Um, so you're just awesome, Jesse. I really appreciate it. Um, you're amazing. And uh, Samuel G.R. Morgan, who's a mu musician um, who composed some of the music for um, two features that I was involved in, Living with Trevor and Not So Amazing. He uh, made the music for the intro that you just heard and uh, the music for the outro that hopefully you'll hear later unless you get bored and click off of the, the thing. So thank you to, to you two guys. Um, you're both awesome. And uh, you're, 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 my, you're my pals. So thank you so much. Um, but yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Gage Clift. I am a um, filmmaker. I've been on, I've, I've made uh, two short films, three short films, excuse me, and I've been involved in numerous features, and um, I've been on YouTube for about six or seven years, and that and that includes the um, that includes all the hiatuses and the breaks. You know, I unfortunately was that cliched person of, oh, I'm sorry for for not making videos, um, I've been so busy, you know, life just gets in the way. Unfortunately, I was that cliche quite often. And, um, I was, um, I've already tried out two podcasts. So this is the third one, hopefully three times the charm. Um, the two other ones, um, one we did about three years ago called the Pathetically Predictable Podcast, which I did with my, my friend Caleb. And we did about six episodes of that. Um, that was, that, those were fun while it lasted. I, I think it just fizzled out because I moved, moved out of my parents' house and it just fizzled out. It just, it just failed. I don't know what happened there. Um, and then, uh, the dialogue, um, the many, many of you may remember the dialogue, um, but we did during quarantine and, um, we did about 18 episodes of that, of that podcast and, uh, it was a good run, um, but it failed for reasons really exterior reasons, I, I guess, um, things that weren't intrinsically linked to the podcast, there were some personal things, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, but, uh, the point is, both ended, both quote-unquote failed, so this is the third attempt at a podcast, this is my first solo attempt, you know, I was the creator of both of those previous podcasts, but this is the first time I'm doing one that's very 
purely just me as the quote-unquote host. I'm going to have a lot of guests on, obviously. But So, what is the Cliff Podcast, and how is it different from the other two podcasts? Well, I'll say this. It's very me. I've been embracing who I am a lot more lately. Um, the things that I, I've been interested in my life interested in in my life and um, just kind of accepting the reality of things um, kind of embracing the uh, the things I was I loved when I was a little bit younger instead of just running away from them I suppose um, so it's a very me thing I want it to be very me I want it to scream me um, that intro screams me why because it's very contradicting it doesn't necessarily make sense you can't really put it into a box and I think that's what this podcast is gonna be you're not gonna really be able to put it into a box um, because me personality wise and my style are very juxtaposed, um, very contradicting, very, very much inspired by the idea of yin and yang, um, things that differ from each other entirely are on completely opposite ends of the spectrum, but also coexist seamlessly. So it's one of those weird things and I'm going to, I'm going to be exploring it as we go on. It's not completely fleshed out yet. And that, that kind of, that kind of, um, what's the word, also applies to um, my my film company, quote-unquote, uh, Goldilock Films. It's also kind of a similar similar idea there. Um, my style is just contrasting vibes. What can I say? I don't really know. Um, so, yeah, um, I can't, I couldn't pitch this podcast as like a filmmaking podcast, a movie podcast, or anything, because it's, it's going to be a lot of things. Like, I'm so interested in films, filmmaking, movies, but I'm also interested in um, history, war, and politics, which, you know, you wouldn't think really could coalesce or coexist. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would totally understand that. And they don't always have to, but I'm, I'm so interested in these, in these things that are on opposite ends of the spectrum. And I love it when they, when you can kind of, the conversation almost becomes one. And it doesn't mean like every time I talk about a movie, I'm going to bring up war or politics or vice versa. It's just like, I mean, I can talk about both. They're, they're, they're not mutually exclusive, I suppose. You can, you know, sometimes they can be talked about together. Sometimes they can be talked about separately. And uh, the point is, I'm just interested in both. Those are the things that I love is just history, history and movies. I'm just so into it. And I want to use this podcast as, an, as a way to explore that and a way to learn because I like to think I'm a pretty smart guy. You know, but um, I'm I'm definitely undereducated. I barely finished high school, so I want to use this podcast as an opportunity and an excuse to hopefully learn a few things um, and better myself, um, become a little bit more articulate, a little bit more thoughtful. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's the main goal is just kind of be less of a dumbass by the time I decide to end this thing, right? I mean that's that's all you really can do. So I'd love to talk to filmmakers. I'd love to talk about people and, and just movies and and also love to talk about people about history. And and I'm very much so into um, nonfiction books and books about war. I'd love to talk to people about stuff like that. Um, I'd love to talk to veterans. That'd be amazing. Um, I know one, so that might be a thing in the future. Um, so the, 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 those are some loose ideas there. Um, if any of you are interested in any of the things that I just said and would want to be on the podcast at some point, we can send me a private message, um, gageclift at yahoo.com. That's my email. Email me. We can talk. We can figure it out. So we're going to be figuring this out as we go along, but that's the best, best 
sort of pitch I can give about the podcast and, and what the vibe is going to be and what my goals are, I suppose. Um, why should you expect me to be consistent? Why should Why should you expect me to you know, not just stop this abruptly like I've done so many times in the past. And that's a good question. I mean, I don't really know how I can trust myself at this point because there's been so many startups and failures. I mean, I've been doing YouTube for six or seven years, like I said, and it has been a journey. Um, that's for sure. And um, there's been lots of breaks. There's been lots of very depressing times. Um, I mean, that, but that can be said about a lot of people's life, li- life in general. Like, you know, there's lots of depressing times, but the thing about doing YouTube is like, it's kind of like almost a, a blueprint for all of those depressing times. You can look at a video and go, oh, I was depressed during this one. Oh, this is kind of a happy time. Oh, I was depressed here. So it's it's a little weird. Um, but that being said, like, I've enjoyed YouTube. It's been bittersweet. There's been times where I've just wanted to die. There's been times where I've just had a blast. So the, the, whole, the whole point is just like doing what I want to do. Um, you know, like the the Blu-ray hunting videos were like the most popular videos on this entire channel. For those of you who remember, that was when that was when I uh, I had like thousands of views every video, but I didn't enjoy doing those videos. I just didn't. So I want to do things that I enjoy doing, like podcasts, just long form conversation. I love having conversations with people, and uh, I hope that. I can balance it with what I really want to do, which is make movies, be a filmmaker. Um, and I think I can do that. I failed in the past. I know that, but doesn't mean history has to continue repeating itself, even though there's a clear pattern. I can break the pattern. At least I hope I can. We'll see. My dogs are going absolutely fucking bonkers in the background because, of course, they have to get hyper right when I turn this fucking camera on. Of course. That's just how it works. So, what else do I have to talk about? Um, not much. I think that's about it, other than Patreon. Um, we'll save we'll save the rest for later. I won't delve too, so incredibly deep into into um, everything this podcast is gonna gonna contain. So, Patreon for those of you who are interested, no pressure. I have a Patreon now. All you can get right now, as far as benefits goes, is seeing the podcast twenty four hours early. And uh, you'll also be credited as a Patreon at the end of each podcast and the end of each film that I make. We'll talk more about my films another time, what I'm doing um, and what's going to be coming out in, in the next, what, year or so. So we've got three tiers here, the $3 tier, the $5 tier, and the $10 tier. $3 tier, to be honest, is the one that is probably the cheapest and most beneficial right now. Um, you'll get, You'll be able to fund my projects. You'll get credited for my work at the end of each piece of work that I make. And um, you'll be able to watch the podcast 24 hours early, like I said. The $5 tier is the same shit. You get to watch my films early as well. And uh, you'll get exclusive updates and sometimes live streams and Q&As that are exclusive to Patreon. Um, I'm going to start doing that once I hit 10 patrons. And um, another bonus thing is you'll be able to watch the full podcast. Now, what does that mean? Eventually, I want to do a 20 to 30 minute segment that's exclusive to Patreon at the end of each podcast that YouTube does not get. But everything is free on YouTube right now. I will let everybody know when that becomes a thing. So there's no worries there. That'll happen in the future. So don't worry about that. I will make that announcement. But that is something that will happen in the distant to near future. Um, So if you want to do that one, you'll be future-proof. You'll be good to go. And then the $10 tier is all the same stuff. Sometimes I'll do occasional bonus videos and extras. 
and I might even release stuff even earlier for the $10 patrons. And really, that, that tier just exists for those who are very generous, really love my stuff, and have the extra money. So no pressure. You don't even have to do the $3 one. Just wanted to drop the seed because I haven't talked about it yet on the podcast, or on, on any really video in this channel yet. So just dropping the seed. That's all. Um, so that's my patron, uh, Patreon. That's about it. That's about all I have to say. Um, uh, yeah. So thank you all for watching um, and, and supporting me throughout the years. I hope this is an exciting thing for you, especially those who maybe have seen my last two podcasts. Um, and uh, yeah. All right, we're going to have uh, Kyle Roy on the podcast very shortly. Filmmaker, one of my best friends. Um, he has uh, made many films, um, and he's helped um, create some of the uh, the feature films on the RC Films channel. He edited 7th, the feature film. He uh, co-directed and co-performed in a film called What It's Good For. It was an improvised short film we released on this channel about a month or so ago. He uh, wrote and directed a film called The Apology, which I am in. That was about a year, I think two, maybe two, almost two years ago, something like that. Um, he made a film called Pest, a horror short film that he made all by himself, and a, uh, a film called Captive, a short film that he made in 2016 that now has a, over 100,000 view, 100, views, so that's crazy. Um, he's uh, he's well-versed in the creative realm, I would say. So he, he, makes, he makes movies, he writes, directs his own films. He's a bit of an artist. I've seen him draw cartoons all the time. He's uh, and he's he's really funny. I think he could be a stand-up comedian too. I think if he if he really wanted to, he could do it. He's a talented guy. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of talent. So I'm really really propping this guy up. Um, he also co-hosted the Dialogue podcast back in the day. Um, so that's so that's Kyle Roy. We're gonna have a conversation with him about creativity, how to balance YouTube and filmmaking. Um, and he's very excited to talk about his upcoming short film that he's about to go into production on, and um, we're going to be talking about that too. So stick around if you're a filmmaker and you're interested, and uh, yeah. Having trouble finding quality content? Sick of watching the same kind of videos over and over again? Tired of watching people do dumb shit? Well, say no more. The Clift Podcast is the perfect show for your pathetic needs. Listen at home, at work, on the toilet, or at a funeral of a distant relative. Subscribe and stop being a goddamn loser. <clears throat> What's your favorite movie? Oh, that's how we're starting this? Mm -hmm. My favorite movie. Okay, um... Well, I think it's still Swiss Army Man. Okay. Because that's just like the gun to my head. Right. You know, answer. I love your explanation. Um, for those who watch the dialogue already know why it's your favorite yeah. movie. But I, I want to hear it again because it's so good. Okay. Yeah, I, was, I didn't know if I should like re-explain. Go ahead. Okay. It's well, that good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um... Just from, like, a creative standpoint, that was, like, the movie that I watched, and it, like, immediately was like, okay, it's official. You can, you can literally make a movie about anything. It's all about how you do it, and I feel like that is, like, the most perfect example that I can think of, because, I mean, and if you don't know what Swiss Army Man is about, um... 
basically the premise is a guy on a stranded this is where you make the cut or definitely or leave it in <laughs> make you look like a fool yes um anyone who's ever seen the movie uh the premise is basically like a guy who's stranded on a desert island um finds a dead body that washes up on shore and come to find out the body is a magical being mm-hmm. that um that has magic farts and powers <laughs> and can propel himself mm-hmm. like a jet ski imagine the power of his farts imagine explaining that to somebody over the age of like 30 <laughs> Yeah. Well, I saw the movie with my mom in the theater. I saw it with my dad. It was pretty painful. Oh, yeah. You told me about yeah, that. Yeah, he hated it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Are we? Is this just how we're starting? Yeah, that's just how we're starting. We're just jumping into it? No yeah, intro or anything? No, we're just going. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw the movie with my mom, and I remember her reaction like 10 minutes into it, you know, after that like opening scene. Mm-hmm. She's just like, "What the fuck did you just take me to?" Because <laughs> she had no, she had never heard of the movie. I was just like, "I don't know." Was, I feel like you would, you would like it, and and I don't know. I, I also really respond to like what the film represents. Uh, it's like the whole message of like just accepting what makes us human, even if that's like what people consider like the gross you know things or like mm-hmm. you know things that we should, that we should keep to ourselves like farting like they actually managed to take the idea of farting and turn it into like a like a deep give it like this deep uh like meaning like this rich meaning that like tracks well with the movie um and any movie that can justify farting in front of anybody is like a that's a Mm -hmm. that's the most kyle thing i can think of anybody who knows me personally Mm -hmm. anyway but no i mean like on a serious note like i don't know that's kind of it's 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 i've never watched a movie that is so close to like how i see the world in like I i remember just like i don't know i was always like a really like like, the way I grew up, I, I'd always had kind of a warped sense of humor, and I just, like, I had a lot, like, no shame with a lot of stuff. I would just kind of, like, act, like, like ridiculous and goofy and say gross things as a kid and stuff. And, like, I remember kids on the playground would be like, ew, you're weird, what? You know, and I just didn't care. Uh, and I, you know, and I think I, like, attribute that to, like, you know, just, like, my parents and my family and, like, um... And I don't know, I just, like, I, I always, I always feel like there's, like, this, I feel like I'm rambling, Mm-mm. but there's always this, like, well, no, hold on, that's not how I want to start that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, there's, there's just something so beautiful about, um, the simplistic idea that everybody is gross. I don't know why. Yeah, no, it's like, it's like he says at the end, it's like, well, maybe everybody's a little bit ugly. And I love it. Maybe if, yeah. Yeah, like, everyone became okay with that. Maybe we would all feel a little bit less alone. And that's kind of how I feel about the world, especially in... I think it's an important message, especially in 2021, where, you know, there there seems to... We seem to live in an age where everybody's trying to seem more perfect and more, like, like... I'm... I have all the right opinions about everything... 
and I have, you know, I've never made a mistake and, you know, pointing fingers at other people. But in reality, like, we're all kind of disgusting. We're all kind of gross. And I, and I, and I kind of like the idea of just embracing that, you know, I think that's, I don't know. And that's, and that's kind of, yeah, that's just like, it's very much how I view the world. And it's very much like, like nobody, everybody, everybody's got thoughts in their head that I'm sure if they said out loud, they would be like shunned or just at the very least, like pretty harshly judged that like they're mm-hmm. like if anybody knew I was thinking this right now I would be you know hmm. and obviously like you know there is a line with like you acting on certain things but I I really do feel like I don't know people who like to pretend that like they've never had like a selfish or gross or disgusting thought you know these people that try to pretend like they're perfect they're they're liars you know and I just you know I I always have respect for people that just embrace that and I don't know mm-hmm and yeah, that that goes along with like my sense of humor and also just kind of like how I see the world. And yeah, I feel like I'm talking in circles. No, it's okay. But, I, um, yeah. I like I said, I saw that movie with my dad, and he hated it. He's yeah. he he constantly um, refers back to what was that stupid fart movie you made me watch? <laughs> and we were like on vacation too, so we, like we took time out of our beach trip to go right. watch a movie, right? Because it's just what we do. And uh, yeah, so it wasn't. It wasn't the best experience watching that movie, right. but I would say you, you you changed my perspective on that movie entirely, because mm-hmm. um, I guess the the meaning of that movie just went over my head when I was just cringing in the theater with my dad or something. Yeah. Um, and you have helped me uh, just find like a great appreciation and love for that movie. Um, okay. So I guess my question is, what's a movie that um you you didn't appreciate until like somebody helped you helped oh, you understand hmm it's kind of a tough question to answer on the spot but a movie that i didn't appreciate until god it might take me a bit no it's okay yeah well yeah i well, just go ahead okay i was gonna ask you what example you have i guess you just said yeah swiss army man is definitely that for me because i mean i really resonated with that movie mm-hmm like hearing you talk about it yeah um i also i just uh, i'm totally like avoiding your question it's okay but <laughs> also politician in me <laughs> yeah um answering things without answering yeah, them it's okay. uh yeah uh i mean other than just like the message and stuff i also just like on a basic filmmaking level um i'm a big fan of uh, i've been i feel like i've sort of done a fairly good job throughout the years like nailing down like what it what's the common thing in movies that i like and it really comes down to like I like mixing genres. I like mixing tones. I like surrealism, specifically surrealism that like is used to portray someone's like subjective experience. So instead of just like surrealism for surrealistic or sake, it's used for um, you know to show what it feels like in somebody's head. And I always really resonate with that. And it's a lot of stuff that I try to do in my own work, you know, as a filmmaker. Um, but, yeah, um, it's shot well. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe is funny. Yeah, I feel like you like uh, you like finding beauty in kind of, like, unexpected places. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I Absolutely. I, you know, um, 
I, I think it's why I respond to, like, comedians like Louis C.K. so much. Mm-hmm. Because, like, his whole thing is... I mean, it's a very it's very similar to Swiss Army Man. Like, the, at least the philosophy of just, mm-hmm. like... Like, I feel like there's just this, like, underlying thing throughout all of his work. Whether it's his specials, his show, his, you know, small amount of movies that he's produced. It's just, like... The world is a disgusting, horrible place. <laughs> but it can also be like beautiful in those same places yes and maybe that's me reading too far into it but i don't think i am like i think the perfect bit that encapsulates what i'm talking about and it's it's it goes along the the theme of like good people have bad thoughts and you know we all kind of are selfish and weird and have these thoughts it's it's his classic bit of like He's like, I got, I got the, this, I play this competition in my game or in my brain mm-hmm. of like, I got, there's this thing that I believe, you know, and then there's this thing and I don't believe it, but it is there. And I feel like that's like a something that like, especially in today's society, we always ignore this and we try to pretend like this doesn't exist. But anybody who's being honest about the human experience, like, yeah, we all have, like, gross thoughts. And it's like, yeah, it's like, of course, anybody with a nut allergy, you know, should be protected and, like, at all costs. But maybe, maybe if we all do this for one year, we're done with nut allergies forever. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if touching a nut kills you, you're supposed to die. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like... Right. And I feel like we do all have that the right. the, the rational, the irrational. But there's always something. There's there's always truth in the irrational side, mm-hmm. or the the asshole side, or the gross side. Yeah, the perverted side. I don't know. You know, like we've all yeah. got that that weird different side of us. But you have to mm-hmm. listen to it every now and again. And and there's also beauty to be found there too. Right. So, yeah. I think I think yeah. I think instead of trying to like shun that mm-hmm. side, it should be. You know, it should be embraced to a certain extent and kind of just like, hey, it's okay. We're all, you know, we all kind of have these thoughts. We need to stop, like, judging everybody around us for having these gross or, un, you know, mm-hmm. ugly thoughts, I guess I should say. Because um, I'm sure if you really took some time and, like, thought about it, you've probably had similar thoughts and stuff. Anyway. Yeah. A movie that <laughs> I needed somebody else to oh, help yeah. me appreciate. Um, We're going back. What is something that we watched together recently that oh, I shit. feel like I... I don't know. that I feel like it, it either happened with you or it might have happened with Caleb or something. Well, I can think of movies that we've showed you. Yes. But not movies we've like shown you that you've already seen. That I've already seen. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough one. It's kind of mm. a very specific question. Yeah. Um... What about... I know the second time I saw The Lighthouse, mm-hmm. I appreciated it more. Yeah, I, you know what? I do remember having a conversation with you, and I was surprised because I, was the only, I, w- I wasn't the only one who liked it, but I liked it more than everybody. Right, and we talked about... And like, I was like, Kyle, why don't you like this as much as me? <laughs> I know, it seemed like something that would be right up my alley. Exactly. The first time I watched it, I was farts? like... Farts? <laughs> yeah. No, I just like movies with farts. Yeah, That's yeah, totally... Yeah. It's, not, it's not any deeper than that. Mm-hmm. No, but like... Yeah, it just kind of seemed like it'd be right up my alley. And when I first saw it, I didn't hate it by any means. I thought it was a good movie. It was just very, like, you know... I think I think that movie is hard to appreciate on your first viewing. 
Like, especially in the, like... I nod my head as a person who's only seen it once. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I think, I think at least for me, it was hard to pick up on a lot of the, like, ideas and, like, the subtle, you know, it was just kind of, like, crazy shit's happening and it's a crazy, well-shot, um, sensory experience, but I'm not, I don't know what to take from it. And then as, like, we kind of talked about it, and as it kind of ruminated in my head more, you know, mm-hmm. I learn, and I eventually watched it again. I learned to appreciate it more, and you know, like the ideas. And we talked about like the whole like, like the whole movie, uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson are like kind of fighting for dominance in a way, mm-hmm. and kind of like what it, how it explores like certain, you know, ma- some people might call toxic masculinity, which I don't know if I, I, I there's a debate. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that exists, I don't know how much I subscribe to that, but it's you know it's it's it could be it could be seen as that, mm-hmm. you know. And I found that interesting, and I, and I kind of like I also kind of like that that Robert Pattinson like like okay like Robert Pattinson's obviously like has kind of a reputation for being known as kind of like you know like the pretty boy the yeah. you know, the whatever, and I like how that that kind of played into his character. Yeah, like how Willem Dafoe would tell him off, like, "Oh, exactly. you're, you're a spoiled brat exactly. with a spoon up his ass," kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Yeah, and like I, I like that. I liked how they kind of used that, and it kind of felt like that was like written into the script as kind of a almost like a response to that. Yeah, I didn't even really think about that. I don't know. And all the the mermaid sex too. It's like a metaphor for um, for the you know the way like the pollution yeah. in the ocean. Yeah, the, is the a... Israel and Palestine conflict. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way that Israel is uh, fucking. The, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what the fuck yeah. I'm talking see, about. See, the mermaid is not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> this is not. This is not the previous podcast we did. This is a very different vibe. Very different vibe. Very different vibe. Speaking of podcasts, wow, this is such a natural like. Uh, what a natural. I feel like we're kind of we're kind of doing this. We're kind of going all over the place. All right. So, uh, speaking of podcasts, you mentioned previous podcasts. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that was, but yeah. I'm assuming it was a uh, was it the the dia- Is that what it was called? The dial the diaphragm the diaphragm the diaphragm. Yeah. Right. 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 No. The synagogue dialogue the the gulag. Um. So, uh, you and I have something in common. <laughs> is that you're gonna open this? this you and I have something conversation. in conversation. Um. We uh we've both um started two podcasts and. Two po- oh god <laughs> you're really gonna make me talk about this and then uh, again we, and then we, <laughs> yeah and then we and then we didn't we didn't finish so uh i talked about this a little bit earlier the the pathetically predictable podcast mm-hmm. as well as the dialogue two failed yeah. podcasts um i i don't know i wouldn't call them not failed. failed yeah yeah i get what you mean um most people who are probably listening or watching to this uh probably watched the dialogue mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Not even that long ago, I want to say we stopped. It's been doing it four or five months. Really? Eight? I feel like it's been longer than that. You look. Yeah, you can look it up. But um, yeah, so we did about eighteen episodes. Oh yeah, the eighteenth was audio only. Yes. Yeah. Some people still might not even realize that there's an eighteenth episode because we didn't put it on YouTube. Um, uh, it's been it's been four months since. Yeah, it's been four months. About four months. Yeah. Um, we stopped doing it for a plethora of reasons. I don't know how well, much you want to talk about. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to get very specific, um, out of respect for all parties involved, but, um, I will, uh, I would argue it was 
a singular reason. So we might okay. disagree a little bit there. Yeah. But I would be lying if I said that there weren't um, prior, yeah, prior things that were maybe coming about that probably would have impacted the po- the podcast at a certain point, regardless. I agree. I think I think it ended sooner than it would have. Yes. But I still think it was on the traje- uh, tra- uh, trajectory. Yes. If I'm saying that correctly. Yes. I. I I'm, I feel like I just produce a lot of saliva, and it's just hard for me to talk. Yeah, I, I do too. I actually okay. do. Too. Yeah, so I think, like, overall, I think, I know you probably have a very different experience than me, but just judging from, like, the stuff that we can talk about, I think the thing that happened with that podcast was we all, like, even though we were all for the most part, enjoying that experience, we all kind of wanted very different things out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it, we got different things, too. And we talked about this yes. several, several times, yeah. how it felt like all, you know, it was me, it was you, and it was Micah. We were all kind of on different wavelengths constantly mm-hmm. trying to... F- and we all kind of, yeah, we all kind of seemed like we wanted different things out of the podcast. We kind of wanted it all to be... And sometimes it would mesh really well. And sometimes it just would not. And it so, would create yeah. a lot of stress. Sometimes it was beautiful chaos. Yeah. Sometimes it was chaos. Well, it started from you specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think all three of us were up to doing it. But you specifically, I think you needed something to do. Yes. It, that that was creative, but could be, you know, and we can talk more An about outlet. this. Yeah. Yeah. More instant gratification. Exactly. Exactly. Um, because you know, me and Gage are filmmakers. I think first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I should only speak for myself. But <laughs> yeah, no, you, you got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it seems like that's like the main sure. thing that we do. And we we didn't set out to be, uh, you know, solely podcasters. You know, we yes. kind of like to do a lot of different things. Have you enjoyed podcasting in the past? Like, I mean, with the dialogue and and I mean, I know because yeah. not to touch on it so much because I know you don't you don't like to spend a lot of time on it. But like in the past, yeah. with with your prior attempt, like, is it something that you've always had in the back of your mind? Like, yeah, okay, and it's something I still have in the back of my mind. Okay. Like, oh, it would be really fun to do a podcast. Um, and I think you're doing one right now, right? <laughs> yeah, but I think I think the difference. Because I think overall, I gained more out of the dialogue than I did with my singular <laughs> episode <laughs> of the Film Geek Podcast. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Before I move on, can you do your best impression? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Have yourself. Welcome back to the Film Geek Podcast. Today we're talking about good old Spider-Man Homecoming. I just, like, did that voice. That was wonderful. I was trying too hard to do, like, the radio voice. Right. Uh, you know, and I think I, I think I also always... I also learned very quickly after shooting that episode, doing your own podcast and like hosting it is exhausting. Yeah, and I much preferred being part of something that I wasn't like the driving ship of. Mm-hmm. But also, when I did that, I was in a very different place in my life. I think it was like seventeen or eighteen, and I there was just a lot going on with me personally then and so i don't know i might try to do my own podcast in the future where i host it and i might have a great time i don't know but um yeah and there wasn't any like it was just me and caleb talking about a movie that we saw it wasn't anything like super unique there wasn't any like you know um and then with the dialogue yeah i don't know i I definitely i just think i got more out of it Mm -hmm. um for sure obviously we did it longer so that makes sense 
Yeah, there was a there was time to evolve and, and yeah. really figure out what and, it was. Right. And I think we kind of found our stride for a little bit, but I think we just kind of found out over time that, like, what we wanted the podcast to be. Just, like, our visions didn't match up, and it was yeah. creating a lot of stress. Well, yeah, I mean, I think one of the, like, maybe the harder, the only thing harder than hosting a podcast solo is hosting one with yeah. collaborators. How do you do how do you do a podcast with three people and not have it turn into just yeah. like Well, most podcasts chaos. with multiple people, there's always a main person. You right. know what I mean? Like right. side people, but it was always like a a very collaborative like, okay, yeah. this is a 33% yours, 33% mine. Right. And and it was kind of nice because it didn't feel like any of us had to carry it. It was exactly. we were all kind of bouncing a ball between us. If one of us was having an off day, um, there were still two other people to, to really to carry it, yeah. yeah. Um, but then there were also times where, like, you know, my off day was affecting the podcast or whatever, right. and then yeah, and then there was personal stuff happening um, mm-hmm. between various parties. Right, there's only three people involved, but you know what I mean, like yeah. So you know, it was tough. Mm-hmm. It was tough. What did you learn from the experience? Would you say doing the dialogue, um, if anything? Well, I I think. More often than not, I just learned, like, well, kind of what we've been talking about is that, like, yeah, I wanted the podcast. I had a vision for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and more so, it, it it just informs, like, if I decide to go back to doing a podcast where I'm sort of, like, the, the head of it or whatever, like, I have a better idea of, like, what I would want to do. Yeah, because you, you, know? you I think doing things i mean not not to say you didn't want to do it but doing things you don't want to do helps figure out what you want to right. do so i mean maybe i should be a little bit more specific i think i think you 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 just didn't you would have preferred it to not be as political as it was am i wrong in that in that that was a part of it a part of it okay um i'm definitely not talking about politics is not something that yeah. i'm especially like that's not my forte i got gotcha. you uh especially doing it publicly <laughs> is yeah. not something that i'm like you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm usually very careful about it, and you know, I don't think it was the fault of anybody necessarily, but because of our mixing of um, visions for the podcast, you know, like I would start having a convert, I I would be thrust into a conversation I wasn't prepared to have about like a sensitive topic, and then after we recorded, I would just have like terrible anxiety about like oh, man, I'm worried that, like, what I said didn't come mm-hmm. off right. If I knew we were going to talk about this, I would have said something completely different or prepared or articulated myself more. And it was tough, too, because we were recording it, like, right in the middle of quarantine during an election year. <laughs> like, one of the most sensitive times to be talking about, like, mm-hmm. you know, these topics so it was just like creating a, a like a, a shit ton of stress and you know I, I i remember i said in the beginning specifically like once it stops being fun we should stop doing it like we shouldn't just keep doing it just to do it you know mm-hmm. and i think that yeah it, what happened kind of made that happen maybe more abruptly but i think it was still headed in that direction mm-hmm. see sort of what i wanted to do um and i think it sometimes it became this depending on the episode um, but I liked I liked the unique perspective that we all had because, you know, we were all talking about movies. Well, first of all, we, we talked about two movies, an episode usually, and I thought it was cool that we were comparing them. I, uh, yeah, that was always a fun... That was fun always experiment. fun. We would, we would have fun conversations about, like, 
oh, what if we talked about this and this back to back? And there's still stuff that we haven't. You know, we had we had like, at one point we made like a big list. Like yeah, we Google, still get ideas. We were Google watching, Drive. We were on HBO Max the other day. And we yeah, like we were like, oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it's kind of a bittersweet thing. It is. Um, but I, I like that aspect of it, and I especially liked that. I, oh, 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 that's weird. Your patron's calling you. Oh. I don't know why. Je- why Jesse's calling? Jesse. Hello. Hi. Hey. Um. Is this uh? Is this the Gage Clift podcast or the Clift podcast? Yeah, this is the Clift podcast. How does he know you're, that you're, you're recording right now? You're live. Oh my god! I can't believe I got through. <laughs> holy, holy. Yeah, you got so many people in wow. your place, Jesse, trying to get Mr. through. Clift, such a big fan. Thanks for <laughs> the, the thanks for calling in. Commentary that just came out. Oh. Wow, thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, what you calling in for today? <laughs> this is so random. I didn't expect this. You, you didn't just text him like 10 no. minutes ago? Hey, who is that? You're a liar. Who is that guy? Oh, this is uh, Kyle Roy, fellow dialogue host and uh, filmmaker. My first guest on the podcast. <laughs> he said well, that so well, well. If it isn't the dirty dog that licks buttholes for a living. Oh. How, it, who told you about that? <laughs> Yeah, that's right, I know. Oh, no. You don't remember me? Uh, I try not to. Did you, got... you know what you did? What did I do? Don't act like you don't remember, Kyle. What What did he do? Oh, he hasn't told you about this? I mean, about I... About our past? I don't think so. You mean you have a past? Kyle, what, what happened? I don't... I don't know. Fine, fine. Maybe you buried it deep down because you're ashamed, Kyle. You don't remember fourth grade? When you stole my girlfriend? (laughs) You know what you did. And when I say steal, I mean you pushed her down a flight of stairs and she got amnesia and never remembered me again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jesse knows that there's more to the story. Isn't that right, Jesse? What'd you say, punk? I said you know there's more to the story than what you're telling Gage. I w- oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, huh? You know she didn't get amnesia. You mean that I had to pay for all, all of her hospital bills? She got hepatitis. That was rough being in fourth grade, man. She got hepatitis because of you. Because you, you gave her water that was contaminated. You said she was only allowed to drink it. You did that, Jesse? You were an abusive boyfriend. Yeah, it was her enzyme water. It wasn't contaminated. Sure. Is that what you told the, told the lawyers? That what you told the police? I, I, I purposely tried Listen, to not... she was lacking nutrients, alright? She was lacking a good boyfriend. Wow. And that's why I pushed her down the stairs. So she didn't well, have so to... it wasn't about the water. It was about the water. What are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? Talking about you stole my girlfriend. She would come to me every night. She would come to me every night and say, Jesse is verbally and mentally abusing me. And I would do anything to forget him. Because he he is a leech. He is a cancer in my life. And I want... She didn't even like you, man. 
Remember that one time you walked in the girls' bathroom, pulled down your pants, and just took a dump in the floor? Right in front of her? Quit changing the subject. I, I don't know. I feel like we made some progress here. What do you say? You guys want to... Does this... How do you feel, Jesse? Yeah, you know, I guess... I guess I shouldn't have poured gasoline all over the house and then told Kyle to throw that match on it. That was probably a bad move. Mm. So there were some plot twists. Okay. Yeah, we both could have been better, I guess. And she was kind of fat anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, she was. You're a good man, Kyle. You're a good man. Thank you, Jesse. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Have a nice day, you guys. Right. Yeah, nice you too. Day. You too. That needs to be like its own exclusive. Oh, clip. of course. Like of a, course. A Patreon exclusive. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just gonna slap short film on the front of that. <laughs> film grain. Put and... Cody Clark's music at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Call it a day. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck were we talking about? Something about the dialogue and creativity. Mm-hmm. Podcasting. Yeah. You liked podcasting. Mm-hmm. I think you. <laughs> I think you liked podcasting in the uh-huh. past. I was gonna say one thing I learned from the dialogue. I think is actually kind of the op- maybe the opposite. Yeah. I don't know if necessarily you said that you you felt like you learned from this, but uh. Mm-hmm. But I think I learned to actually be a little bit more open about not only like political stuff, but just like views in general. Because I definitely think beforehand I, there was this fear, like because I was a filmmaker, I couldn't like express how I actually felt about a film and because I do have right. different opinions about film criticism mm-hmm. um, I just felt more comfortable being honest and open about literally everything right politics and and films and and I think that not only the pod did the podcast help but the time of the of quarantine helped as well like yeah you know how that everybody had a fucking opinion around mm-hmm. that time yeah. and having the outlet was really nice and Right. It just gave me more courage to, I think, just, just right. kind of be honest about how I feel. And, you know, I, I would never want to, like, dismiss you from doing that. That's just, like, not what I wanted. Exactly, I think, yeah. It. You didn't, you didn't, I mean... I was of the perspective that I wanted, I kind of wanted it to be, like, since we were all also filmmakers, kind of, like, you know, talking about movies from the perspective of people who want to make stuff and, like, what we can learn. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just, like, you know, I wouldn't even call... Whenever we talked about a movie, I think I made a very conscious effort for it to not feel like a review. I didn't want to be, like, yeah, a same. reviewer. I wanted same. to be, like, let's talk about a movie. What makes it tick? Like, let's go yeah. under the hood and talk about it from a perspe- perspective that you don't see often. Is like, people who also are trying to make stuff. and like Exactly. You know, That was one thing we agreed I, on. It I, was just the added elements. that. Yeah. I think sometimes that was a prevalent part, and sometimes it wasn't. Um, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, some of the... Some of my favorite episodes were like less political and right. Like I think the, I think of like the. But uh, also some of our other best episodes yeah. were like like the Borat episode. I think the Borat personally is our best episode, the Borat mm-hmm. episode, because I we just put a lot of work into that one, and I felt like we were saying things that. Yeah, we we prepared. We were unique. I th- I felt like we were very unique. Yeah, um, I feel like we were one of the few people that talked about that movie honestly at the time. Yeah, because it was that people were just so swayed by their like. Yeah, you know their their uh, perspectives and their political affiliations. That it's like, well, let's look at it like a movie, and also like, I don't know. It was definitely 
I mean, you can go back and watch it. It's still up on YouTube, what we thought about it. But just, like, a short, like, there was a lot of things that people were saying about that movie that just, like, it's like, are we all going to pretend, like, that was done well? Or are we all going to pretend, like, that was convincing? I know. Like, the Rudy Giuliani stuff? And nobody was saying anything right. about it. It's like, that that scene was edited, like, fucking crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> like, anyone who has any history in editing, and not even, like feature film professional anyone who's ever edited a youtube video before could tell that like yeah that thing been had been doctored right to cr- like like crazy that, that's i remember being kind of like self and i have i have no reason to like exactly know, it's I not have about no reason politics. to support it's just like that if we're gonna pretend like that was like this like oh it made him really look bad and it was so incriminating like it's like he just, like like mm-hmm. nothing happened and like everything was like shot and edited in a way that was like made it seem more weird than it was and it was just, yeah, yeah anyway no i to- i totally agree i mean like that yeah. episode gave me a lot of confidence in in the idea that you know we just 20 year olds who like movies can yeah. have like pretty unique opinions cuz i mean like right. i don't think i don't think what we were saying during that podcast at that moment in time was right. was a very like widespread thought like everybody in their mother was saying oh man it's so incriminating it was just very stressful because it was a very polarizing time and i feel like we're still feeling echoes of that yeah yeah, not to make this a political conversation but like i liked that we talked about it we tried to talk about it as objectively as possible and we tried to talk about like and i know there was a lot of people saying when that came out like oh well the first one did this too you're just you're just being biased or whatever and it's like we rewatched the first one Mm -hmm. and we compared it and we got very specific about what made the first one work and why it worked Mm -hmm. and why the second one did because i guarantee you nobody's thought about the sequel to borat in months like, yeah. like it's not going to stand the test of time the way that the first one is absolutely the not. first one is much more broad in first like, one isn't trying to influence an election yeah <laughs> you know? that movie literally ends with telling you to vote and i feel like no matter if you're like no matter what political affiliation you are like that just it just feels like hacky and gross and it's totally like, you know gosh yeah. it's just like don't tell me to vote at the end of a movie any movie that tells you to vote at the end is just like mm-hmm. makes me want to throw up in my mouth oh my god i can't i can't name one other movie that does that i can't that's that was shocking i, yeah. I was so shocked when i saw yeah. that man i was excited though to talk about it and we all watched that movie separately too and we came yeah. together and we were and like, i'm not gonna lie again this is stuff that we've said before on the mm-hmm. podcast but like you know it's not i there were parts that i liked there were parts yeah. definitely but like overall it was like it felt like he had he had set up a lot of pranks and expected something like big to happen that didn't actually happen so then he went oh shit and then he scrambled in the editing room to make it look worse than it did mm-hmm. um i feel like the only people that have talked about that honestly that i've seen that are like notable like people on the internet are andy signore okay, yeah exactly and red letter media Red Letter Media especially, because they just, they don't give a shit. They're just like, they're, remember, they're looking at the movie as a movie. I remember Andy Signore talking about it. I don't remember Red Letter Media. Oh, really? I don't remember them talking about yeah, it. Yeah, they, they released like a really good review of it. They okay, were, they I'll were, have to and go they, back. They basically, yeah, they said like, yeah, it seemed like he was preparing for crazier things to happen, and then it didn't. Right, right, like right. Like that scene where he's at, you know... He's at the Trump rally, and he's dressed up as Trump. I think he thought there was going to be some crazy... And it it felt like it was supposed to be the big 
prank of the exactly. movie, and it's over in ten minutes. Like nothing happened. Nothing happens. So anyway, yeah. No, I, I don't want to repeat myself. No, I just feel like I I definitely think that that's that was like the highlight yeah. episode. For I me. also really like the episode. We just rewatched this, just just to kind of like. Because we we rewatch our own stuff. Oh, of course, we're narcissists. Yeah. No, um, the the episode where we're talking about the Disney stuff that came out. Yeah. The whatever that convention is, I don't remember. But we literally it was just movie wall to wall movie news, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really fun. There was a lot of variety of topics. It felt, for me at least, it was the most like. I don't think we talked about anything political that episode. It was just movies, like mm-hmm. movie nerd just shit um i felt like we were all really on top of it i'd like the fir- another thing we tried to do that we or we kind of fell into doing around like the third or fourth episode was it started to become like a comedy thing yeah like on top of it being a podcast we were also like riffing and it became like this like you know and i think i th- i think it seemed like people really enjoyed that mm-hmm like that seemed to be a, there like, were inside jokes and yeah there was yeah. inside jokes that you know haha big nose haha yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever say so, yeah you know we had like catchphrases sort yeah, of like yeah, 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 yeah. kill me or whatever yeah or you know um and it was fun um but sometimes i think we would struggle with the with the percentage of how to balance it. yeah like sometimes it would get way too silly and sometimes it would be way too stale and trying to find that balance. And then sometimes we got in the habit of, like, I felt like Micah kind of wanted it. To, and I don't want to... I feel weird speaking for Micah because he's yeah. not here right now. But I definitely get the sense that he he was definitely... I mean, it's no secret. If you've watched it, he was definitely, like, the more most ruthless Oh, for course. the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 like, he would just be like, this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Everybody who made it should go die in a fire. Well, that's how, I mean, that's you how know? he is on Letterboxd. I mean, I feel yeah. like Micah owns that, so I don't think that's unfair. Right. He'll just be like, yeah, this guy shouldn't make movies anymore. He's just, he's just like, that's just, just the way he is. And yeah, and it's like, but I feel like me and you, that's just not exactly what we wanted out of the podcast. We mm-hmm. wanted to be fair. We wanted to, you know... Yeah, and then I would say like you could flip the coin so many times yeah. because I love I love Red Letter Media, but I don't exactly. want to review movies like them. Exactly, exactly. I love, I love, I love it as a media I love it as a viewer. It's it's this weird thing because you love like I love just sitting around with my with my friends just goofing around talking about movies, but yeah. then you're also on camera, so you have to make sure that you're still respectful. And then right. well, it'd be di- it would be different if. We didn't actually want to make movies. Exactly. I feel... I think this is the first time I've said this, like, publicly, quote-unquote. But, like, you're putting a very weird... And we've talked about this off-camera. We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen... And I don't want to necessarily name any specific names. Um, not that they're going to see this, but whatever. Like, we've seen certain people, like YouTubers, who start out reviewing movies and they're exactly. they're known for being very fucking like ruthless like this movie's a pile of dog mm-hmm. shit and then when they go try to make their own art it's they just completely get fucking like and it's not even a, about it being bad it's just it's just it's you set up this expectation yeah when you all you do is talk about movies in a negative light and why movies suck and then your first attempt at trying to make something which is eons harder than sitting back and being like oh this movie's bad why did they do this (laughs) yeah why didn't they do that but making your own thing from scratch is eons harder yeah i think um i think red letter media is an exception because they rip movies apart all the time but 
I mean, when they make movies, it's just schlocky and like you yeah. don't even you don't even they don't expect they embrace that. They That's embrace part of it. their aesthetic is mm-hmm. the sh- schlocky, cheesy, you know, bad on purpose, and it works for them. But I think people who you know, you, you set yourself up with a particular audience because people watch you and they're used to you ripping apart movies and you kind of set this expectation like you're like you're superior, like you know better. And then, like, it's like you're not allowed to make those same mistakes that you've been criticizing. Yes. Even though making something is way fucking harder than reviewing a movie. And I think since I've, you know, the longer that I've made stuff, the more I... The more I respect filmmakers who maybe most people consider like that have made bad stuff and I I have more empathy for that type of stuff and and that's why I never I never set out to be a movie reviewer you don't want to you don't want to be that guy who's who just rips movies apart and then goes and makes his own stuff takes himself seriously and then it's like oh man it's not very good yeah it's just not a good look exactly and it's like you're yeah you're setting yourself up to not be able to make those mistakes I think your audience is much more forgiving mm-hmm. when you when you're just like, hey, I'm just a filmmaker. I know my stuff's not perfect, like, but I'm you know I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And they watch you improve, and it's more much more of a positive thing. But when you, yeah, so yeah, like like we've been talking about, the dialogue was something we used as an excuse to make something during quarantine. Um, so right. people, you know, it, ga- were- it, it it helped in the time. When we had nothing to do, and it gave us, with all the crazy shit going on in the world, where we're like, we have no idea how long this is going to last. Everything's up in the air, mm-hmm. you know. It was really an outlet. It, it really. It gave us a sense of normalcy, something that we could yes. look forward to every week, and mm-hmm. and you have know. some structure, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a war, in a time where the entire world got its structure ripped apart, mm-hmm. you know. So we had this little window of things that it's like yeah we're okay we're doing the podcast this week something to focus on besides the fucking craziness around us which i feel like if we want to talk about that i feel like just i haven't even begun to process it yeah. fully it just feels like so what are ways that you've balanced long-term filmmaking with short-term creativity because that's obviously something we've talked about filmmaking Right. taking so long and the um the risk versus the reward kind of thing and right and, and you're investing so much time and energy into something that into one thing that's going to take you you know for right. us sometimes a couple of years you know like right you know like not so amazing and stuff so yeah especially with not so amazing so i mean for me like the dialogue like like we said it was definitely the um that short-term creative project that gave me that gratification almost instantly right um but sometimes it can be hard to balance that with the things that you value that you value more like Mm -hmm. filmmaking that does take a lot longer but you do prioritize right first and foremost so i guess yeah that's my question like how are some ways that you've balanced that what are some things that you've done to kind of like help keep you sane Right. on your long-term endeavors. Well, I think I think I'm I think I'm fortunate in that I I've kind of always had like other interests. And although there are times where like I've struggled with that and I, in a way I would still say I'm still sort of figuring out how to do that. There have been times in my life where filmmaking has felt like the only thing I have to be proud of. Like, you know, um, 
a little bit a little bit of background i'm not going to talk too much about it but you know i was never like i never did well in school um you know i always struggled uh to pay attention to you know just get things done that i didn't give a shit about and you know when you kind of grow up like that you kind of grow up with like this this uh this feeling of like inadequacy like this is just deep-seated something i'm still working through um even as a 2020 what <laughs> as a 22 year old ma- as a 2020 man mm-hmm. um no, yeah as a 2020 year old <laughs> i did it again <laughs> 22 year old male thing <laughs> caucasian what doesn't matter um yeah, it's something I'm still working through. It's sort of this just like and and it's caused a lot of again, I'm ta- I'm going way off on a tangent. It's fine. But um yeah, it's 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 it, it's it's definitely created this feeling of of and we've talked I've talked about this with you in private for who knows how long. Like I suffer from imposter syndrome really bad. Um and sort of just like feeling like like I'm not as good at the thing that I that I'm quote unquote good at, and people are gonna find me out, and you know it's it's like I've been I've somehow cheated my way to you know where I the things that I've accomplished, and so in some ways some people might look at that and be like oh well is that necessarily a bad thing because it's keeping you humble and it's always keeping you like you know striving for good work when it comes to like creative stuff where it's like um you know you're like it's it's like isn't it helping you uh like take that extra step to like make things better and to like always you know instead of settling for like oh that's fine like you're you know you're you know and like i on, on one hand i feel like i could see that but when it gets to the point where it's just completely stopping you from starting I think that's where it's just unhelpful and, you know, and that's kind of what I suffer with sometimes. Um, and so I guess to sort of bring that full circle to what you originally asked me is, um, I've needed creative outlets that aren't so like intertwined with like what I would consider my career, you know? Filmmaking for me is is more than a hobby. It's been more than a hobby for a while now. Um, it's the thing I want to do with my life. And with that, one, the older you get and the more projects you take on and the more, like, work... It becomes more work over time. And it can become, you know... And it, and it, and it can be a confusing thing. And I think it's something that we've both talked about that you've even struggled with. It's like... You know, the thing that I do for fun is causing me the most stress, and it's like work and play mixed together, mm-hmm. and it's confusing, and it's a good way to like get depressed really quickly. You know, anybody who says that, oh, if you do what you love, you'd never work a day in your life, bullshit. <laughs> you're still gonna work your ass off. So even if it's the thing that you're the most passionate about, if you're working at a certain level, you're gonna you need to give yourself a break. You need to have other things going on in your life besides your passion. And that goes for any art form. And so I've tried to look for things that I 
you know, stuff that I'm kind of doing just for fun. And, you know, there's no, there's no pressure to like, oh, I got to be this good at it because I got to, you know, I got to do this and I got to, I got to get this many views or I got to, you know, impress these people, get into this film festival or whatever. It's, you know, it's like, and it sometimes it could be simple as like, oh, sometimes I draw or sometimes I try to learn guitar, which is something I've been trying to do. I'm not good at it at all. I'm like in the very infantile stages of learning how to play it, but it's, it gives me something to do. And I've thought about like, it gives me something to do. That's, that's low pressure, but I still get, it still makes that creative part of my brain happy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important for people to have that, especially if you're, if you would consider yourself just a naturally creative person and not get burnt out. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, yeah, for me personally, it's, you know, it's been like, um, trying to learn guitar, drawing. I've thought about, I've talked to you even about like, oh, it'd be cool if I learned how to play music. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I have no musical talent necessarily. I think I can carry a tune decently, but I'm not like, put me in front of a piano and I can teach you like the three things that I know. It's like, da 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, but I don't know, it'd be fun to, like, and it'd be fun to do that and just have it be low stress. I'm not trying to get signed to a record label or anything, just, like, you know, just something I'm fucking around, I'm doing, I'm just fucking around doing this in private right. for fun, for me, right. you know, and if I want to share this with the world, sure. That That's something I can, I could work on is, is doing things for me and not, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know, I mean, I do the same thing, like, if I, if I'm not making stuff, finishing things. Right. Um, then, God, I just feel like I go crazy. But at the same time, like I may, I drive myself crazy because I'm like trying maybe to do too much at once or something. Yeah. Um. So it's a, it's a balance, and and sometimes I wish I would do more stuff that uh, that I didn't release or do anything with. Right. Because when it feels like it's the only thing that you have, then you you put way too much goddamn pressure on yourself. And it's like, if this isn't good, then wh- who the fuck am I? You know what I mean? It's like, it's it, it's right. something I'm I I've dealt with very recently, because I am uh, I am knee deep in pre production on a short film as we're talking right now that we hoping I hope to be shooting like within the next couple weeks, um, and I feel like every time I start a short film. Um, this has happened like the last few times I, there's just like this right before there's this terrible feeling of inadequacy and just like mm-hmm. my brain catastrophizing and being like, what if it's bad, you know? And it's, and I think I've learned that, uh, well, first of all, I need to make more stuff. Yeah. I need to not just like simultaneously or like, you know, it's okay to do the projects I'm doing now, but like stuff that isn't as you know, I mean, it's there's still short films, but like a lot of work goes into them. Yeah, you know, stuff like what it's good for, you know, like that you can do in one. Yeah, night. or yeah. stuff that isn't necessarily a short film. Like I, I've talked about, you know, I think if you follow me on Twitter, which I don't know, maybe yeah, maybe you do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I have twenty five followers. I don't remember. Um, I've talked about like how I've I, I've I've always struggled because I have a YouTube channel. You can check it out at the end of this mm-hmm. podcast. Um, <laughs> the plug! Uh, 
my you I've had a YouTube channel since like 2014, I think. And I've it's basically just a dumping ground for any short film I decide to make. Um the most viewed one is a short film that I made in high school, which like yes, I I'm very I was proud of it at the time. But 100,000 views. 100,000 over 100,000 views. It's really it, it, it like you think you're talking to some little amateur here? This guy's a fucking legend. <laughs> no. Well, here's the thing: is it's like get on your knees, kiss kiss this man's feet. No, stop. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wish that the thing with the most views on my channel was like the thing that like I feel like is like a current. Right. Like I don't think it, it's not reflective of my best work anymore because I made it like five years ago. I made it in high school. All the stuff we shot outside is, like, overexposed. I didn't know how to use a camera, like... I didn't know all the DSLR settings. I knew how to focus, and I knew how to make a shot look somewhat stable and edit something together. But I made lots of little, like, mistakes. And But, you know, we won, a, like, a state competition when we did it. Um, and it was really... Uh, it helped me build a lot of confidence in myself, but, you know, out of all the videos on my channel currently, which there isn't many that are public, because I... I like to private them, and you give me a hard time oh, about yeah. doing Some, that all Sometimes the time. I'll go to your channel, and it's like, what's public today? <laughs> what's private today? Yeah, what's private today? Yeah, because, like, a lot of that stuff was made in high school, and just, like, and also, it was made in a, a competition where we had a very limited amount of time to do, like, literally everything. Um, Captive, which is the thing with, like, 100,000 views, was made in a weekend. Wrote, shot, right. edited, everything in a weekend. There's one draft and we just went. Um and there was like a specific theme and all this stuff and so like and on my channel it's like captive 100,000 views, the apology 2,000 views, you know, and it's it's just this like wide gap of how many people have seen what, you know, and it's like, "Hey, check out that, uh, you know." It's so it's it's it feels weird is what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm not grateful. But it's hard for me to understand, like, why that one, you know? Mm -hmm. And people tell me, like, oh, it's, yeah, it's good. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it was the best thing I knew. It was the best of my abilities at the time. It's not anymore, but, like, it gets, like, a thousand, thousand more views every single month. It's still climbing. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, hey, check out my newer stuff that I'm yeah. a part of, because that's, you know. So, anyway. What? 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 <laughs> I don't know where we are. I don't know. No, it's fine. I'm just talking about, like, self-doubt, I guess. Self-doubt, yeah. Something I struggle a lot, especially with the stuff I make. And uh, the short film that I'm working on now is... It's, it is the longest uh, short film that I've ever, like, been at the helm of, that I've mm -hmm. wrote and directed and all that. Um, and it is also, compared to my previous shorts that i've done because my previous shorts while like you know i look back on them fondly sometimes i, I don't know i have a very love-hate relationship with my own movies it's it kind of fluctuates um but i would say they're definitely more like like there's definitely a formula to like the short film that especially that's under like 10 minutes there's a common formula you go on vimeo long enough and you'll start to see the same formula where it's like oh, the thing that you thought we were setting up wasn't actually this, and it's a joke at the end. 
and I've seen that done really well, and I've seen that done really poorly, and it's up to you to decide which one I've done, but that's up to you. Uh, but yeah, and the short films that I've made have followed that formula, and that's not a bad thing. But, but you're excited to not do that. Well, as somebody who doesn't, who wants to make longer stuff, it doesn't reflect the movies that I want to make. Right. Because I have a very specific idea of the of the longer the feature films that I want to make, and the Apology and Captive aren't necessarily reflecting that. It's sort of still me trying to figure out my voice, and that's and that's what I like about the short film format, is it's it can be very low pressure, you know, and that's and that's why I haven't made a feature film yet, because. I, it's not because I feel like I don't know how. It's because I feel like I'm still figuring out my voice. And the apology was, honest to God, the first thing I ever like wrote that had multiple drafts, and that wasn't for school. You know, it was in first thing I ever did where it was there was a longer pre-production process than just like a weekend. You know, it's like so. Yeah, I, I still feel like I, I needed I still feel like I need to do a few more short films to feel like okay like I'm I feel more confident in myself, um you know and so this new short film that I'm working on is a much better reflection of it's sort of me dipping my toe into actually like telling a story it, you know it's still a comedy like a lot of my stuff is um it is a horror comedy which I guess I'll you take this time to like give like the very small elevator pitch i don't want to give too much away uh it is a offbeat coming of age vampire comedy film the way i describe it is like super bad with a vampire thrown in and that's even just kind of scratching the surface that's just kind of like the general vibe and you know it's it's and, and it's much more along the lines of the stuff i want to make and i think the stuff that i want to make is much more like high concept but with kind of like a small like there's still this underlying like grounded like story you know where it's kind of like oh the thing you thought it was going to be about is really this thing and it's you know it's really about this and it's my first time i feel like my first thing that i've made that's like exploring like um, the metaphor side of me and you know like we talk about that all the time like i'm very into metaphorical stuff and allegorical movies Funny enough, I don't think I've ever made one. This will be my first time doing this so. Definitely seems everything you make, it's just a little bit more personal. Yeah, definitely. and I'm trying. Yeah, exactly. the The short films I've made are just like I keep myself an audience, mm-hmm. like an or a, the audience an arm's length away from me. And this one, I'm trying to be like, well, here's a little idea of like what where my perspective is on certain things, and you know, it's kind of and that's I like. But it's not like a totally like hits you over the head. At least I'm hoping it's not. That's the goal anyway. Yeah. I'm trying to. I like movies that are kind of have are able to like have its cake and eat it too, sort of speak. It's like what we talk about, where it's like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And I'm a big fan of those movies, and that is reflective of a lot of the feature films that I want to make and a lot of the stories I want to make. You know. Um, and so it's exciting. It's my first time trying to do that in a short film format. Um, currently the current draft of the script is around like 23 pages. So it'll probably be around that length. And the goal is to, you know, bring it to film festivals if we can. And 
worst comes to worst or whatever, at the very least, it'll end up on the internet. So, hmm. you know, well, I'm I'm very we're, excited. We're for gonna you. give it. Yeah, we're gonna give the film festival thing a shot. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of like very excited. local film festivals. Um, it's called Suck, by the way. Suck. Yes. Which I'm still very proud of that title. Oh yeah, I love it. And it gets funnier and fu- funnier every yeah. time. Like, like I make group chats with like the the cast and crew, and it's like I call it like Suck Boys, and it's just sound, it's perfect. It's just it's great. It's just hilarious. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, if you are interested in what happens with this short film in the future, if you want to see it when it eventually comes out, probably not anytime soon, but we have an instagram page called suck short film oh yes and i've been posting like little updates uh we recently did like some camera tests and stuff and i'm just posting like a little pre-production stuff and once we start shooting i'll probably share some photos or whatever from that and yeah i want to uh follow the 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 movie i'm gonna put all your links in the description i'm gonna let you do all your shout outs before we're done Mm -hmm. and i want to have you on again when we when you uh at least right around the the release of suck definitely to talk more about your filmography and really give i want to like delve deeper into this discussion because i feel like it warrants its own podcast Mm -hmm. um a couple more questions for you yeah before we end i'm gonna try to like stick to the question instead of like no it's okay what's this thing well let me talk about this other thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah no you're good (laughs) um do you strive to get lost in your creativity or your art or do you see that as something negative like during the creation process yeah. or as a viewer in the creation process mm. I don't know I don't know if it's something I do consciously I think sometimes it just kind of has to happen okay so you think it's for you ne- to get lost. necessary at least for me okay um, not even okay interesting although I feel like the way I think about, and again, I feel like, in my opinion, I feel like I have a long ways to go, as a writer specifically. I feel like, like just I barely, I barely started to write stuff that isn't complete mm-hmm. garbage. It took me forever to learn how to write dialogue that sounded halfway decent. Well, do do you feel like you get lost in your world when you're writing? In that well, world? that's the thing. Is I, as I was gonna say, like I think sometimes I think about. It's still hard for me not to think about certain creative, like, especially writing in kind of a semi-technical way. And I think, and I don't know if, if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's just kind of like, like, oh, we need more backstory on this. And then I plop it in there, and you know, and then it's like, you know. So I, my scripts very much start out very, like, bare minimum. You know, I feel like a lot of people, their first drafts is like, they write too much and then they carve. Me, it's like I start from a small amount and I have, and I, and I work on building it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the first draft of this short film that I'm in pre-production on was like 10 pages. And very quickly it jumped to like the 20, 23 page mark because like it's over, it's just, I found I needed more space. And I'm usually someone who likes short stories. I like things that are really efficient in their storytelling like it, it just it, it gets to the point where we're in we're out every every scene has a purpose and it's, and it kind of went like well fuck like for this movie to be effective you kind of need some time to kind of like sit with the characters and yeah you know and kind of like get an idea for the relationship 
So, how how do you think when you're making a movie? Mm-hmm. How do you think you how do you think it affects you, um, in good ways and in bad ways? Um, I'm definitely trying to remember to have fun, to enjoy myself, because I think sometimes I just I'm way too in my own head. Um, the last short film that I did that you were in, you and Nathan were in. Um, I felt like you guys had a much... You looked back on that experience much more fondly than I did. Because I was just too, like, focused on all the directory things. I was too in my head. And we had to shoot that very fast. Um, And I was like, I forgot to enjoy myself. You know, I felt like... Because everybody was kind of sitting around like, Oh, this is so cool, we're on a movie set. And like, oh, I can talk to this person. What And... I'm just thinking about, like, okay, we have to get this coverage. We have to have enough time to do this. Oh, what about the sound? You know, and just all the normal things that a director has to think about. Um, but it's also, like, I was probably stressing myself out more than I needed to. And that's a common theme just with me in general. Um, I'm sure me you too. can me, relate. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's. I'm trying to remember like. It's a movie. It, we, we've also talked about this thing where, there's like a certain process or a certain point, when we're making something, where, we need to kind of stop scrutinizing it and stop rethinking it and overthinking it. Where it's like, you need to kind of just let it be what it's gonna be. Because mm-hmm. like when I was writing one of the last drafts of the apology and we, it was like a week before we were shooting, I, I started to like have like almost like a mental breakdown where I was like, oh shit, should I write this a completely different story? Should I just, oh, is this even good? You know? And it's like, you just need to let it be what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, you can only second guess something so long to its absolute core, you know? Sometimes I get to that point where it's like I'm right about to make something, and then I'm like, as I'm about to make it, I'm like, should I be making a completely different project? Is this a bad idea? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody else goes through that, but I certainly do often, and I need to kind of remember that's part of my process. Um, so yeah, I have a very I'm still sort of working on my process for movie making. I really wish, like I didn't used to be this guy. I really wish I could be more look back on things more fondly and yeah, be less here. less of a perfectionist and less of a you know like oh, i made this mistake and then this and, and i think that that kind of plays into what we've been talking about too is like you need to have more going on besides your movies or your projects yeah, or whatever I, you're working on i you, also think because you um, put you put too much weight on it and that's where that stress comes from at least yeah. for me because you know if something goes wrong like it's not the be all end all like right. you said yeah right i i think um i believe that having fun takes work and that's something that a lot of people don't don't really talk sometimes about sometimes it does yeah yeah sometimes th- if you, if you, if you're used to not having fun if it's if it's ingrained in you to not have fun it takes yeah. some work to adjust I mean, it's a habit, right? Maybe not it's not even about not having fun, it's about things getting in the way of the fun, I I would say. Like the stress, like you said, um mm-hmm. the imposter syndrome. Right. Um the anxiety. Um it's about defeating all of those things so that you can enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Um cuz it's so easy to let all of that just completely ruin an experience. Yeah, I I put too much weight on myself. 
for like wanting like okay like uh, uh, like i love i just want to make great stuff i want to do great work but at what cost is sort of the question yeah you know it's like the whole philosophy of like the movie whiplash which i think yeah. is like a good example it's like the movie's constantly asking like how far are you willing to go for your passion Mm-hmm. Like, is it worth it? Well, I mean, you look at like a lot of a lot of geniuses and a lot of uh, right is, masters is, is it, of their craft. Is it worth it to push yourself most that of, hard? Yeah, most of them really struggled yeah. outside of said thing that they were great at, right? So, and it's yeah. like, is it more important to you know be fucking happy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Than to to be a, a true auteur. Like, it's you know. Yeah, it's like you, at a certain point you just need to let it be what it's gonna be. Flaws and all, only thing you can do is look back on it and be like, "Oh, okay. Well, now I know for next time," and you know, learn, use it as a learning experience. And yeah, I'm saying this out loud, but I realize this is something that I should be telling myself mm-hmm. because it's something I am currently going through. So, to end on this, yes. How do you change in a good way when you're making movies or creating in general? Um, well, if you're working with multiple people, especially with movies, a lot of times you're having, whether it's two, three, five, five hundred people helping you create something, you know, um, try your best to treat them with respect because these people are going out of their way to help you do so they often times for no money or little money um and the vibe on a set is very important and a lot of time just speaking from a filmmaking perspective like the director sets that tone and so if you're kind of standoffish and you're kind of a dick to the people around you that's going to be the vibe for the entire shoot is just people like being kind of standoffish and weird yeah because you're the one running the ship um but if you can treat your crew with respect the people helping you and maybe even more importantly (laughs) treat yourself with respect and be nice to yourself um it can be a much more powerful, positive experience, and more importantly, it might actually be like an amazing experience that you look back on. Do you um, think uh, making movies helps you um, be nicer to yourself? Hmm. It's definitely a challenge. It 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 gives me that challenge. It, like as long as my mind is in the right mindset it gives me the opportunity to challenge myself to all right like all right like i need to be nice to myself here i need to not because me just beating myself up over little shit is not helping anything it's not even helping the movie Mm -hmm. you know so it at least sends you in the it it makes you try i guess to be nicer to yourself making stuff even though it's yeah it's also like very challenging right um and it helps you work well. It helps you learn how to work with others too, and treat them with respect, kind of. 
I guess so, yeah. I, I think that's something that just takes time to and to learn how to be you know, be assertive but also not be a douchebag. Yeah. Um that's just leadership. Right. Yeah. You kinda have to learn to be a leader when you're a, when you're directing. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of and this is also like my first project where uh, you know, I'm I'm dividing the like the cinematography to other people and stuff. You know, I'm not as hands on. And so you have to learn how to articulate what you want. And also with that comes like the the leadership stuff. And all of a sudden you have to learn how to like you know, like talk to people about what you want and stuff that you don't that maybe you're not used to. Mm-hmm. That you've just done yourself and you haven't had to like answer to anybody and yeah i'm kind of well that is me i'm all over the place (laughs) so okay you know um yeah yeah does that answer what you said yeah (laughs) sure okay yeah well kyle well i hope yourself out oh okay now's your opportunity uh unload 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 let's let's no (laughs) stop (laughs) um like I said before, um, you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is Kyle Roy underscore because Kyle Roy was taken. God, that son of a bitch. All those Kyle Roys out there. Um, I am also, you can follow our Instagram page for our short film that I mentioned. Suck. Suck short film. Um, follow that to get updates on the movie. And you, feel free to share it around. Because it helps create buzz and it helps us out a lot. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. This is my name, Kyle Roy. I'm sure there will be a link to it in the Absolutely. description of wherever Absolutely. this goes. Um, you can watch the stuff I've done previously. And you could also watch the things that I've been a part of that I necessarily didn't direct or write. But the stuff that I've helped make, like 7th and mm-hmm. Not So Amazing and... I was in Living with Trevor yeah. a long time ago. I was mm-hmm. very skinny. Um, I watched Adam shit his pants. Oh, yeah. In my in my acting debut <laughs> on YouTube. I don't know. Um, you can watch all that. And, yeah. And the dialogue. And the dialogue. If you're interested. If you're interested. Hey, we had a good run. Yeah. We had a good run. It's time for... New things. New things. Don't be sad that it ended. Yeah. Be happy that it happened at all. All right. Well, thank you very much, Kyle. It was a fun conversation. Hope you guys all enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, I really want to have Kyle on again. Um, probably when he's closer to releasing his short... Um, suck, and uh, I think it'd be more fun to really dissect his filmography because I think that was one of the more interesting parts of the conversation. Um, but I was trying to save it for next time because I wanted to talk to him about the dialogue particularly today. And um, so next time we'll talk about his filmography, and um, it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. So Kyle, come back soon. Um, I hope you all enjoyed. Um, what are you, what are some of your takeaways um, from this conversation with Kyle, and um, what do you think? What do you think we learned here? Um, what's what's the theme of this? Um, and what what did you learn, um, if anything? And uh, did you enjoy this? Um, what's what's your um, take on 
on the overall style and vibe of this this podcast and how do you think it could improve and um what do you think should stay the same um i want to i want this to be very very interactive so please comment and like this video and, and please share with your friends i know that's a very everybody says it i don't often i don't often um ask people to um really do much so please just like comment share that would be amazing that would mean the world to me um if you're only listening to this on uh, one of the um one of the uh audio platforms go check out the youtube channel because there's video very exciting and um if you're on youtube and you only want to listen to the audio go to spotify or it's on anchor and um we're gonna be on all the things it's gonna be great um typically in the future i want to use this sec this section kind of do what we did with the dialogue or you know some fan interaction some q a questions just a little bit more loose but i don't really have any uh i don't really have any um q a questions to answer so i think uh i think we're just gonna leave it here so please ask me some questions in the in the comments below some filmmaking questions whatever i mean literally whatever um or just give me segment ideas you know some ideas of what you'd like where you'd like the podcast to go I'll, I'll just read them on the next on the next podcast at the end segment like this and we'll just we'll just turn this into the, the fan interaction sec segment of the of the podcast like i said we're still figuring this out um but yeah guys i think that's pretty much it i really appreciate all of you watching go check out my patreon like i said um if you're interested and if you have the money otherwise don't worry about it um and um go watch some of my films um, I released a Vine Avenue commentary recently, the three-year commentary, if you're interested in watching that. Um, that's about it. I really appreciate it, everybody. I really appreciate you watching. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. Let me know if you want to be a guest, and let me know who you'd like to see on this podcast. Um, I've got some ideas. Just let me know who you want. Who, who you want. So, um, that's it. Um, I guess I'll just, uh, I'll just let the outro... Take it away. This has been the Cliff Podcast, Episode 1. Stay cool, everybody. Thank you very much. Much love. Have a good one. Well, what do we do? Now let me see your warfare! Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. You're gonna pull those pistols and whistle Dixie. Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens.